Today, Michael Fiddle and I will be going through week one streaming options, the first of many shows, I hope. Let's go. Welcome to the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. At AdamKing91 on Twitter is where you can find me. FBIBasketball.com is the website. Uh, Head there to check out all of our rankings, Discord, um, all of our leagues. Matt Lawson's got a whole heap of new stuff coming out in the next week. Um, Well, the end of the week, this will be coming out Saturday. Uh, So all of our stuff there. Still some leagues open if you wanted to jump in. As I said, I'm joined today for the first time on my show by Michael Fiddle, recent addition to our little, well, our growing FBI community. Let's bring him in uh, late night over there. Uh, Mike, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm hoping the um, listeners to your show get used to hearing me talk about gambling every week on Wednesday on the feed, and then we'll be breaking down fantasy angles and streamings on Saturday, so I'm excited for it. Yeah, it should be good. Yeah, it's uh, looking forward to to doing more content this year. Um, this is going to be a regular Saturday show, hopefully. Um, having a look at streamers for the weekend and the, and the coming up, the week coming up, uh, and then you've got a show regularly on a Wednesday. Um, so yeah, we're we're building our content slowly, which is good. Uh, we're recording this a little bit earlier in the week because you're heading off. Um, for a few days and and next week I'm heading off for a couple of weeks. So we're, we're just squeezing this in. Uh, but we figured that not much should change. It's uh, what is it? Wednesday where I am Tuesday night where you are. Not much is going to change in the next four days, barring injuries in the preseason, but um, fingers crossed, nothing major uh, happens. So yeah, we'll just go through category by category. Uh, I will bring up, where are we? I want that one there. This is uh, such it's twenty second timeout to just acknowledge the beautiful work and PowerPoint that you made, Adam. No, look, beat up, beat up. Everyone should watch the YouTube version of this show for this amazing presentation that we're getting from Adam. Yeah, beat up puts all this. I mean, I put the content on there, but he did all the templates and the new intro, which sounded really good. Um, I recorded earlier today with Zach Hanshu as well, and. And debuted the new intro. Uh, we had some copyright issues apparently with the, the other one. So, um, but I like the new one. It's, it's sounds good. It fits our brand. Um, you've got your new intro for your show as well, which sounds really good. I listened into that yesterday. Yep. I think. Um, so no, it's, it's all systems go at FBI. Uh, like I said, we're just going to go category by category. I put this list together, uh, which you haven't seen. So feel free to tear me down or build me up. Yeah, I had to give on... you one nice compliment before I start tearing you down. Yeah, one. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, so the first category we're going to look at for week one, uh, and it's obviously what games start on Wednesday, Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday there's two games, two or three games. Um, so it is a short week next week. It's it's only um, 
five, six nights uh, instead of seven. So uh, I know from reading through your post, there are some schedule issues with some teams in that opening week. Some teams have a favourable schedule. Honestly, I had I didn't look at the schedule at all. <laughs> I just went players and and that's uh, why I'm and, here. <laughs> that's why you're here. That's right. Yeah, you're, I you're did a the, full schedule breakdown. You're the guy that looks into that for me. So, um, so for points, I mean, and and I've based these on obviously drafts haven't even finished yet, so we can't have a good look at what waiver wires uh, look like at the moment. So I've just based this on players with an ADP outside of the top one thirty because I figure there's going to be, like Dennis Schroeder, for instance, who's the first guy I've got on the list here. He's going to be rostered in some leagues, but he'll be available in some leagues. So these guys aren't going to be available in all leagues, but I have seen them um, go undrafted in spots. So uh, I've got Dennis Schroeder of the Raptors, Norm Powell, Malik Beasley, Emmanuel Quickly, Jonathan Kaminga, Cam Thomas, Jalen Suggs, Sadiq Bay, Harrison Barnes, Quinton Grimes. Um what initially just having a quick look at this, did any jump out at you as right or wrong? Um, no, I think if Schroeder's on the waiver wire and you're streaming for points, he's the most obvious answer. I think Powell Clippers Beasley on the bucks is the one that I go the other way. I actually don't know if he's going to be in the rotation for this team. We will see. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's getting coach DMPs right off the bat. Quickly is the favorite this year to win six man of the year. This is when we start incorporating some of the gambling angles. You yep. think, what is the six man of the year in the NBA? That's someone who can score 15, 20 points on any given night and put up points in bunches for a team. That's like the most attractive stat that requires voting for that award. So that means quickly, easily prioritized. Kaminga, I sold my stock on Kaminga Island. I'm kind of. <laughs> that boat now so you won't catch me there i feel the same way about Suggs. cam thomas can he finally put it together this year he's going to be scoring punches in bunches but adam the main thing that stuck out to me was no players from the four teams that i want to target which were the guys mm-hmm. that were going on opening night so it's like nuggets versus lakers and warriors versus phoenix and then within those two teams i think the phoenix suns and the lakers have the most advantageous schedule so if we're going for points I'd be throwing some like Gabe Vincent, Rui Hachimura, Grayson Allen, maybe guys like that. Yeah, makes sense. Um, that's interesting what you said about Beasley there because uh, Zach and I spoke about him earlier um, today that the show will have come out a few days before this. Um, just talking about what his role does look like for the Bucks because they're not super deep. Um, we were both of the opinion that that he might play 25 minutes a night. So it's that's... I mean, that's why we're here. We're here to discuss these things. And so we'll be curious to see what his role looks like on opening night. Um, we talked about a lot of these guys, actually. Cam Thomas is obviously an obvious pick to score if he gets minutes, but we, we don't know if that's going to happen based on what we know about Cam Thomas and his one-dimensional game. There's a chance he doesn't play a lot. In saying that, they don't have a lot of scoring in their second unit, so they may need him to play a little bit more. Um, for the for the Knicks, quickly, he's an obvious one. We spoke about quickly Grimes, Josh Hart, and Dante DiVincenzo, and just they sort of it feels like they all cut into each other's value a little bit this season. Um, we weren't sure what the rotation is going to look like. Grimes might start, but that doesn't mean quickly won't play thirty minutes. Um, 
So there, there's certainly options out there. But as you said, with with the Lakers and the Suns, uh, Gabe Vincent, who was someone I was actually in fantasy, I was sort of looking at him as a late-round target. And he's sort of fallen off the radar a little bit um, just based on, what I think, what we've seen in the preseason. And, and I thought there was a chance he might start and they would bring D'Angelo Russell off the bench to provide the second unit with some guidance and some scoring, but doesn't look like they're going to do that. Do you, do you think Vincent... Um, sort of looking at that fantasy aspect, do you think he has sustainable value this season? I think there's a chance because as we go on through the course of the season and talk about sustaining value, one thing that we look at is D'Angelo Russell has the most tradable contract that the Lakers just re-signed him to. So Mm -hmm. I think when that December 15th date comes, that triggers you could just now trade players who just got signed this past offseason. The Lakers are going to be looking to add in one more piece. I wouldn't be surprised if they go big or wing in and they'll just go for whatever's on the market at that time. But that means D'Angelo Russell is going to be off the team and Gabe Vincent shown he could handle a playoff load. I mean, he was just the starter in the NBA finals. So he took a veteran Kyle Lowry's job. But going back to the Malik Beasley thing, I just want to quickly correct myself. I looked online right now, Adam. Tonight in preseason, or when we're recording this, Beasley just had 20 points in 15 minutes and went 6 of 11 from 3. So I think he's going to play. But I do see, like, a Pat Connaughton. If we were going to go, like, head-to-head, which Milwaukee buck you want, I think Connaughton probably plays more early season is a better streaming option. But Beasley's going to play. Let me take that back. Yeah, okay. Um, And just before we move to the next category, Jalen Suggs. So I spoke about Zach uh, sp- spoke with Zach about Jalen Suggs. He's someone that I'm somewhat high on. Zach is not. Um, any hope for him, do you think, this season? I, it looks as though he's going to start. I thought Gary Harris was going to start, but Suggs has, well, he seems to have secured that role based on what we've seen in the preseason. Any hope for him this season sort of breaking out and actually becoming a viable asset, uh, both in fantasy and reality? I think that answer hinges on what do you think of Markel Fultz and if his lack of shooting is going to become an issue to the spacing around the team because the Magic don't have that much shooting. Suggs, not the greatest shooter ever, but he's an absolute lockdown defender. So is Fultz. Mm -hmm. I think in a sneaky way, he's also another trade candidate to a team that could give him a much bigger role. So I think mid-season, I don't think he's going to have that much early season value. I just, I personally haven't loved his game since he's come into the league. He was like no. the locked in number four pick. And then the, the Raptors saw something that they wanted Scotty Barnes over him and they took Barnes and then he slipped down to five and the magic kind of fell into him. It's not really the greatest fit for him in Orlando uh, with Fultz, the ball handler, with Paolo, the high volume scorer, with Franz probably being an emerging scorer. So I don't really know how much wiggle room there is for Suggs to come in as a scorer, but Lockdown defender. So if you're streaming for steals, he's got to be on the list. Uh, and which I think he is. Hopefully he's on my list yeah. when we get to steals. Yeah. I only knock him in points a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if he's like a low point score, but he could be efficient and assist some rebounds, some steals. If he holds on yeah. to his minutes, that'll be the key. Yeah. Uh, so transitioning over to assists, a um, couple of guys here that, that were on that list as well. Dennis Schroeder, Manuel Quickly, and Jalen Suggs. And then I've thrown in Amen Thompson, Keontae George, Taylor Horton Tucker, Kobe White, Kyle Anderson, Kyle Lowry, and Andrew Nembhard. Initial reactions to this list? Love Lowry. 
Yep. Love Lowry. <laughs> yeah, I think he's he's not getting drafted anywhere um, because he's old and he fell out of the rot- – well, not out of the rotation, but he, he was playing 25 minutes. What, what do you think I their think by, rotation I think- is going to look like? Yeah, I think de facto he's kind of entered back into the rotation because of the depth that they lost this offseason. Yeah. So at least in the beginning of the season, he's going to be getting his normal 22 to 28 minutes. He's going to rack up assists. He's gonna, And then he gets to the free throw line. Uh, very efficient there. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was actually a sneaky good points guy as well. Hits threes. Low turnovers for the assisted turnover ratio. I think Lowry's a, a great He's a very smart defender too. Crafty defender can get steals and clog lanes. Um, I would probably target Lowry for a late draft spot. Yeah, I'm just bringing up his... Uh, it's crazy his that ADP. he's going undrafted. I'm talking myself into it right now. Yeah, so his Yahoo, average ADP on Yahoo is 147. On fan tracks, it's 226. So... That's crazy. He's he's sort of right on that cutoff line, I think, in terms of getting drafted. Um, Kyle Anderson, I think, is another great one because he's out of position, right? So you're playing yeah. him from the forward spot, but then he's getting assists for you, which in fantasy, that's such a good boost because then you could rack up your guards with other, another player who's getting high-volume assists. So I really like the Kyle Anderson piece as well. He's a great playmaker. Yeah, and I think people are down on him a little bit because he obviously he, he blew up a little bit last year, but that was without Cat. Um, right. Naz Reed missed a bit. And so they, people just think, well, Cat's back, so Anderson is going to play 20 minutes. I don't think that's the case. I think he plays 25, 26 at least. Um, he just does so much Big on the agree. court for them. Yep. Um, behind Conley, they don't really have a point guard. They've got Shake Milton and uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, both who can both contribute, but you wouldn't call either of them true point guards. So the offense can run through Kyle Anderson. So, yeah, I, I really like him. Um, as a streamer across a few categories, actually, because he yep. produces the defensive the stats. Yeah, for sure. Um, a couple of guys. Well, well, three, three maybe. Keontae George, Taylor Horton Tucker for the Jazz. They're another team that don't really have a point guard. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker has been starting in the preseason. Do you think he starts opening night, or will Colin Sexton be starting at point guard, or could Keontae George start at point guard? I don't think they're going to hand it to a rookie that quick. So I think it's going to be Tucker. Oof. It might might be. He played so well at the end of last season, Mm. right, that maybe you try and roll it over. I still think he's only 22, and I feel like we've been saying that for six years, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. He was sort of – he was going undrafted everywhere until the last week, and now people are taking a flyer on him in the last round because – we thought he was going to play 18, 20 minutes. But if he's going to start and play 26, 27, then, as you said, he, he a little bit like Kyle Anderson, he can get you some rebounds, some defensive stats, some threes. He's he's a bit of an across-the-board guy. I feel like the Jazz signed Sexton. If you're just following the money, Sexton gets paid more, which is like mm. generally what people do. But I feel like after watching last season, the reason why the Jazz – took on that Sexton sign-and-trade contract, was kind of just a flyer, hoping he was still a guy, and he kind of wasn't. And then Horton Tucker kind of proved it more on the exact same team. So I would lean towards Horton Tucker, and he does more from a a fantasy aspect across the board, too. And then Kobe White, 
another guy that we probably didn't think was going to start, or, or I didn't. I thought Javon Carter would be starting at point guard, but it does look like Kobe White might get that job. Um, probably not going to play more than about 28 minutes, I wouldn't think. But in 28 minutes, he's going to have he, – he's not known as an assist guy. He's known as more of a, a pure scorer. But they don't really have a point guard – if he's going to start, it's DeMar DeRozan, it's Zach Levine. You could run through Vooch a little bit. But Kobe White's going to have to get four or five assists a night, you would think, if he's starting at the point guard spot. End points and threes. He's a pace-up player that we talk about in the gambling world. Like when yep. they had to start him over Lonzo, you started immediately seeing the totals start going up in the gambling market when that transition happened. I mean, it feels so long ago that Lonzo was injured, but that was who re-entered and took 32 minutes a night. So. He scores points in bunches, assists in bunches. He pushes the ball. So in his minutes, you know you're getting a high-paced player that's going to be putting up stats. So I like him a lot too, actually. I I, I, I actually would throw in Asor Thompson. If we're throwing in Amen Thompson, we should throw his twin brother because I think he's going to have a lot of playmaking opportunities in Detroit. To then Apparently, he's not the best shooter, but he's a lockdown defender. He's going to get great minutes, and he's a good creator. So I've heard great things about both Thompson twins. It would be really awesome if two twins ended up becoming like top 10 players in the league. I think that's a great story to root for this in the next few years. But uh, I'd throw a sore Thompson on the list too. Yeah. So the only reason I didn't have him was because he didn't meet the criteria. Um, He's going at sort of pick a hundred in a lot of drafts now. Um, He's been hyped up so much that, that he's not falling into this sort of flyer late round category, but definitely if he's, available in your league, I would go and pick him up. Uh, I got one more. Yep. Sorry to interrupt. No, go. Just hit me like a ton of bricks. (laughs) D-Rose. Yep. And going back to the points thing too, but I just thought about it with Kobe White being a pace-up player. If D-Rose is going to – the Memphis Grizzlies only played two games week one, so you'd be looking at him more for that like weekend pickup for D-Rose. But if you need points or assist, he's going to be playing 22 minutes and you can get an early glimpse of it from the Wednesday slate that he's going to be playing on and see. And then he's going to be coming off three or four days rest before the weekend. So I re- I really like D. Rose as an early season flyer with John Morant out assist and points. Yeah, yeah, makes makes sense. He's good from the free throw line as well. And yeah, I mean, last year people go, oh, no, he spent the Knicks just didn't play him. He just wasn't in the rotation. It was nothing to do with injuries. Well, partly it was, but he he just wasn't playing because he wasn't part of their future. So he should be fresh. He should be healthy, and he's looked good so far in the preseason. So, yeah, I, th- I think he is. Uh, yeah, last year they the Knicks asked quickly to play the same role as D. Rose and quickly just ended up doing it better. So yeah. then they had no – it was redundant to have another speedy point guard who's going to be score first and drive and kick. Now he goes to Memphis, and he's asked to fill the John Morant role. So at least for a time being, and not fully. I know people are going to be listening going, that's crazy. Not to the same extent, but when he's in, it's going to be push this offense, let's get this team running, and then get into open space, get down, get your head down and get down the lane and see what happens from there. Yeah, yeah, agree. Um all right, on to rebounds. Um, I've gone with Sadiq Bay, Stephen Adams, Andre Drummond, Christian Wood, Kevon Looney, Isaiah Stewart, Jared Vanderbilt, 
Mason Plumlee, Isaiah Hartenstein, and Jalen Johnson. Um, some pretty obvious ones here, Stephen Adams, uh, Andre Drummond, Kevon Looney. I feel like Kevon Looney is just going to be number one in this list every week because he's not going to be added as a permanent roster or as a permanent sort of asset in a lot of standard leagues this season because he doesn't do much outside of rebounds. Um, he is efficient, but he's not a high-volume scorer. So I feel like he's going to be here. Drummond's going to be here. Adams should be rostered in more leagues. I don't know why he's not. Uh, any other thoughts on these guys? Kevon Looney and uh, Christian Wood both fit the scheduling boost, yep. especially Christian Wood, but I actually like Looney better, so I'll speak to both of them. They both play opening night, and Draymond's going to be likely hurt, so I don't yep. know if he's either going to just be out completely. That's probably what's going to be out, or at least minutes restricted. Uh, Looney should fill in a big role. He's definitely going to be starting. So I would look to play him. Uh, Wood has a nice, really amazing schedule because the Lakers play opening night Tuesday. They play on another essentially blank slate on Thursday, and then they play again on Saturday. So that way, actually, no, it's the Sun suit. So they play on Sunday, which then you you get like three games from them where they aren't on the main slates. So mm-hmm. then your roster still on the Wednesday and Friday gets to then be filled in with the rest of your players where you're not going to be using the streaming spot end of roster player that you end up drafting. So if you draft Wood with your last pick or you pick him up early in the week, then you know you're going to get a full three games from him where otherwise you just wouldn't play that player. Yeah, and I'm going to go and check my waivers after this actually and see if, if Looney or Christian Wood weren't Yeah, or Rui. I think leagues. Rui might fit that description too. Yep, yep. Um, I mean, a few guys here are obvious, like Plumlee, Hartenstein. They're going to play backup, but they'll still get you seven rebounds a night. Uh, Isaiah I think Plumlee Stewart might have a big role. I think he will. I think he's going to cut into um, Zubats's playing time a little bit because he can. They can run the offense through him a little bit more. Um, and, and I mean, we saw last season. He obviously doesn't defend, but but he. I mean, he was good last year for the Hornets when he was given minutes, which warranted or not he was playing big minutes and he was producing so um Sadiq Bay is another one uh I like him for threes I like him for points steals rebounds um going undrafted in a lot of leagues which I'm a bit surprised at uh and Jalen Johnson for the Hawks um I mean he's been really good in the preseason I don't think he's going to start but what are your thoughts on, on him I guess as a streamer or, or, or as a, a long-term sort of consistent asset this season. Instead of giving you my thoughts on Jalen Johnson, let me tell you what his own coach said about him. When Quinn Snyder showed up to Atlanta, one of the first things he said in his first few weeks of being there and then reiterated it again and again was he was beyond impressed and amazed with Jalen Johnson and how incredible he is and how underutilized he was and how we should be more of a focal point. And then they get rid of John Collins this season. Capella. It's like the Capella Okongwu debate is like one of the hottest topics in fan, in fantasy yeah. basketball. Yeah. Is Capella done? Is Okongwu ready? I think it's like splitting hairs and somewhere in between. Jalen Johnson might just fill that like bench John Collins role and put up a lot of numbers and really quick spurts. But I also think he's a sneaky candidate by midseason to be getting 32 minutes every single night. His coach yeah, loves I, him. 
I've picked him up in in quite a few leagues. And yeah, I don't. Him, so. I, I think it's good in a deep league. He cannot go undrafted in a twelve team, you know, thirteen rounder like a standard one fifty six yeah. draft. I I lean towards I might grab sneakily grab him towards the end. And then last thing I'll say, Adam, is like going back to the Lakers point about the schedule. The yeah. Suns have the same schedule as the Lakers, but they play Saturday instead of Sunday. So if you get a Phoenix Sun, which only four of their players are in the you know top 200 rankings. Yeah. You, yeah. Could, you could look to who's their fifth starter uh, or who's going to be their main bench big. Is it going to be Eubanks? Like, so for rebounds, Eubanks would be someone I absolutely love because yeah. they play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then you could just drop Eubanks for someone who plays Sunday, Monday, like a Milwaukee Buck. You go get Pat Connaughton or someone mm-hmm. like that. You'll go get Beasley if you need some threes, and then you get five games and seven nights using one streaming spot. Yeah. Yeah. And that is going to be interesting just in Phoenix all season. I think is we've got the, the clear sort of four guys, Nurkic, Beal, Durant and Booker. Beyond that, there really isn't anyone that jumps out as a, Hey, we need to roster this guy. So I think there's going to be lots of streaming. Um, it looks like Josh Kogi is probably going to start, uh, be the fifth starter, but, They've got uh, Kater Bates Diop there now, Nasir Little, uh, Drew Eubanks. So there, there is some depth there. But no one, no one stands out as I said, but there will be some streaming value. Um, On to steals uh, again. A few names that we've we've touched on as well: uh, Dennis Schroeder, Jalen Suggs, Quinton Grimes, Amen Thompson. We've talked about, and then I've added in uh, Herb Jones, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Alex Caruso, Bilal Kalubali, Kulabali. Is that how are we saying that? Do we have a consensus? Bilal Kulabali is how I've heard it. Kulabali. All right. Uh, Matisse Thibel and Tari Eason. Um, A lot of sort of regular guys here that we see on a steel streaming list. Herb Jones, it's sort of all he does. Same with Matisse Thibel, Alex Caruso. Um, they all fit this this, and they'll be on this list a lot this season. Um, we've touched on Suggs and Schroeder already. Uh, what are your thoughts on? Well, I guess let's start in Washington with Kulabali. What are your thoughts on him um, after seeing what he's done in the preseason? I don't know how much playing time he's going to get in front of Poole and Tyus Jones, and then he's going to play some wing because he's so he's so young, but he's like kind of lengthy. But he's going to get pushed around. Mm. I don't think he's going to get much playing time for this team early in the season at all. So I don't really think he's a good fantasy target. I think he's so exciting to watch. I think he is the youngest player in the league this year. So yeah. I think he's so exciting to watch because last year he was projected to be like a second round pick or go not even enter the draft. He ends up having a fantastic year being Wembenyama's teammate overseas and then and also being top 10 and wildly impressing scouts in the lead up to the draft. So It'll be interesting to see, but normally when you hear those guys, it's more potential-based, and they don't end up coming through right at the start. So I don't think week one I'll be looking Bilal's way, but uh, KCP is someone I I absolutely love. If he's on a waiver wire, he's going to be off the waiver wire if I'm in your league. Uh, he's, like a, he's like one of those guys who ends up probably being the most picked up and dropped player yeah. in every league every season. But then when you have him and then you have to drop him, you're like, oh, like one of my guys is getting back from IL and I have to drop KCP. Yeah. I don't actually want to. And then someone grabs and it's like an endless cycle of that. But he deserves to be on a team. He's uh, If we're talking steals, 
a nice stat about him is the reason why the Nuggets acquired him uh, for Will Barton is because he's an unbelievable off-ball screen navigator. He was number one in the league in off-ball screen navigation like every year. It's a crazy weird analytic stat. And when the Nuggets knew they were going against Steph Curry, they said, we need someone who could follow him off ball around screens and stop him the best. So that's what KCP does. And it inevitably leads to a lot of cutting off the passing lane steals. It does. And and he's, he's a fit like relatively efficient from the three point line. Um, So last season. Yeah, that's right. And Bruce Brown's gone. So his role is secure. Like he's going to play 32 minutes a night. Um, they do have Peyton Watson there. They do have um, Christian, Christian Brown, Brown as well. So, yeah. so they've, they've got some... and and he's an he's another opening night player. Okay, so yeah, and, and you're right. He is going to be on and off waivers all season. Um, I, I, I would be almost... looking to draft KCP at least in the second or or last round because he's also playing opening night. Then you could drop him if you really want to. Yep, yep. Um, Matisse Thibault is going to be on this list. And another player that's probably picked up for uh, like a four-game stretch and then dropped, um, much like Tari Eason. Any hope for Tari Eason? You think this season, like, does he does he have an opportunity to play enough to be a fantasy yes. asset, or is he going to be just stream worthy? Uh, it depends how much Ime falls in love with him. So we'll find out. But he's got a coach who just loves guys who could be physically and physical, defensive, and versatile, and he fits, checks all those boxes. So he's a perfect fit for the new coach that's coming in the system. And yep. the bigs in front of him and the wings in front of him aren't known to be the best defenders. So those guys are going to get pulled early in the season, and Ime is known to be screaming at them. I don't know if I could curse on your show, Adam. I do it on mine all the time. But uh, sure. <laughs> Ime is cursing at his players when they come off into the sidelines, and Tari is going to be checking in quite a bit to fill those roles and could easily become a coach favorite. So that makes him a candidate to be getting you know, a nightly 25. I think that's a, a good yeah. target. Matisse, you say Matisse is going to be picked up and dropped a lot. I promise you not by me. I think he's the most overrated player in the NBA. Yeah, look, he, I mean, he had a really short stretch last season when he first moved to Portland where he, yeah. everyone thought, oh, he's figured it out. He's, he's got a role here where he's going to be able to put up shots. It lasted about a week, and then he went back to, to basically doing nothing other than getting some steals. Um, so, yeah, look, he'll be streamed in a little bit, but, I don't see Portland really prioritizing him, although they did pay him, which I, I was surprised um, at that. Herb Jones is another one that fits that mold of a, of a guy that really only offers upside in one category. The The caveat to that is that, um, uh, man, I've gone blank on his name. Who's the Pelican that's out? Trey um, Murray is uh, out for a few weeks at least, a month, maybe two months, which means Jones is going to definitely start and definitely play bigger minutes than we thought a month ago. Um, would you would you draft him just as a month-long sort of ad and then get rid of him when Trey's back? Yeah, he's one of those guys, and it's – he's one of those players who's absolutely loved by basketball pundits. Like they love his game, like all the beat writers and basketball insiders, but it doesn't really translate to fantasy. So if he does have a nice first month, he makes for an also a great sell high candidate. Yeah. He is going to get a lot of, I mean, we have Trey Jones, 
are hurt, but we have Zion playing. So it's like really a kind of a flip. It's not really yeah. that different from what he was used to because he hasn't played much with both of them healthy regardless, and they play a pretty similar position. Um, it's going to be dependent on, on if he could hit his threes because he's an absolutely incredible defender, and he's kind of just like Thibault. It's a very nice comparison. It's a matter of does he knock down shots? Hopefully he does. And then is Alvarado hurt? Is he, is he uh, he's another sneaky he's, guy for this list? Yeah, I don't know if he's back. Um, I know he has been hurt. Yeah, he was uh, he, he was banged up a little bit in pre in training camp. Yeah, he's so questionable we'll here. So could play. I mean, he'll only play twenty minutes a night, but but that will cut into his value. And then Dyson Daniels as well is another guy, another really Love good him. wing defender. So um, dynasty yeah, I, target. Yeah, very much so. Um, and I think yeah. So I mean. Jones is someone, if you want to draft him, you could pick him up second last round, last round, roll him out there for the first week and see how he goes. But I wouldn't be afraid to move on from him um, if you need to. Uh, and finally, on to blocks. A um, few of the rebound guys here. Stephen Adams, who can be rebounds. Uh, Patrick Williams, Isaiah Jackson, Jonathan Isaac, Drew Eubanks, Nick Richards, Robert Covington, Isaiah Hartenstein, Derek Lively, and Charles Bassey. Um blocks is sort of like if I, I looked at all the categories, blocks was actually the hardest to find, I think, as a reliable streaming option. Like the, the others you can pick up, like Kyle Lowry for it, you know he's going to get you assists. None of these guys, like I, I wouldn't confidently say that you could pick up any of these guys other than maybe Derek Lively um, and, and sort of be guaranteed that they'll give you multiple blocks in a game, maybe one, but most of these guys that would average one block. Isaiah Jackson is maybe the the exception, but we don't know how many minutes, if any, he's going to play. Hartenstein's a good block option in minute spurts, but yeah, I, I completely agree. That's actually why I pretty much like to target blocks in my early few rounds of drafts. If Like as a draft strategy, I think it's one of the best weekly category leagues to uh to target because if it's the most consistent from the players who are getting starters minutes and it's one of the things that's least consistent from getting a streaming option so if you do have a triple j or a claxton or a mitchell robinson in the mid to late rounds those guys boost you so much because they can get five or six blocks versus streaming for just one sixth of that but I, I mean, I go back to on this list, Eubanks has to be a great option because of the schedule. Christian yeah. Wood should be added to the list because of the schedule. Looney should be added to the list because of the schedule. I would just go back to those guys who are getting starters minutes. But the lively one is very interesting. And mm -hmm. Maxi Kleber is like another Maverick guy who might start getting 28 to 30 minutes as a fantastic defender. He doesn't get many blocks, but he's always guarding some of the best players and switching on to the post. So. It'll be interesting to see how the Mavericks rotation plays out this season. Yeah. He's going to get a lot of minutes later in the season for sure. It's going to be a matter of, yeah, is he ready for it? Yeah. And I mean, he started preseason games, but as we know, that doesn't mean he plays starters minutes. He might start and play 22 minutes. So um, worth a look, certainly. Uh, Jonathan Isaac had three blocks today in like nine minutes or something, but we, we don't know. He still plays basketball. He does, um, for at least for a week or so, and then he might <laughs> he might miss a month with an injury. Who knows? Um, so yeah, look, there are a few options here. And but going back to what you said about re just relating to drafts and 
and where to target blocks. They are they're a really interesting category this year because there are multiple players that could give you two blocks a game this season. There's 13, 15 players. So there's quite a few, but they go they go in a in a clump. So sort of from outside of Jaron Jackson, who's going a bit earlier, um, and Claxton to some degree, from about pick 40 through to pick 80, a lot of them fall into that clump. And the downside with most of them. Jaron Jackson, Miles Turner to some degree. The downside is that they really hurt you in points. None of them are, are big scorers. They're all going to be like 12 points, 14 points. So if you are going to look to to get a couple of guys there uh, to get some blocks from around sort of round three, round four, you need to make sure that you've got some high-scoring guys early in the draft. Um on blocks, I guess, just quickly, what I mean, this hot two players who are sort of hot topics in fantasy and everyone has their opinion, Chet Holmgren and Victor Wembanyama. what are your thoughts on them this season? They're both going to get a lot of blocks. Um, are they going to live up to the hype? Uh, Wembanyama is going, I did a draft this morning and I think he went at pick 20, what was that? It was a 14, 29, so around pick 30. I've seen him go as high as... 24, 23. Chet, I think I took him uh, at around 36 or something uh, in the draft, which is probably a fraction high, but I just really wanted him on my team. Do you think that they're going to meet value this season or or are they going to um, come up short, both games played and production? It's it's truly a games played question. And I think they're going to both attempt to play at least 65 games to 70 games. So I think people just assuming that they're not going to, they're going to be load managed right away. They're going to be, Wemby's going to be load managed in certain situations. Chet, I think he's, it's surprising to see Chet play center to start preseason games, his rookie year, which is even though it's his second year from the draft, Mm -hmm. it's still his rookie season right now, because the thought was that he was going to be a four next to a five or like, I guess, they're going to use smaller Jalen Williams or, or Lou Dort as that four or five to play off him. But you really thought he was going to be put next to like a Zach Collins yeah. is for Wemby. Um, I like the value of the big next to the big always more than the, the big name big. So for like, I, I liken it to the Cavaliers. I like J- uh, Jared Allen's value more than paying up for Evan Mobley's value. I like, okay. uh, yeah. You know, I, I like Steven Adams' value more than paying all the way up for Jaron Jackson's value. I like Brooke Lopez's value historically more than Giannis's. So it's going to be tougher for Wemby to live up to a top 30 value, but he's also just such an alien that I really think he's, yeah. he really has – he definitely has a chance. It's actually – it's going to come down to his field goal percentage for Wemby. Games played and field goal yeah. percentage and is – that weird thing that he's doing when he just goes through the lane and then just puts the ball in over the defender. And then Thomas Bryant looked over at his bench yeah. like, what do I do? Um, one of the funniest highlights, and Wembenyama will live in infamy in 10-second in clips on social media. He's yep. going to be the best player ever for that. Does Do those moments where he's getting those easy dunks boost his field goal percentage over like 50% so that it makes up for the inefficient shooting that's bound to happen a little bit. So that's going to be the ultimate question for Wemby. But I think games played, they're going to target 65 or 70. 
Yeah, I think I'm more confident that Chet will hit that mark. I think they'll both, as you said, they'll both target it. But I think yep. the Thunder, they're ready. Like they, I think they want to make the playoffs. I think they're. They, I don't think they're actually there in terms of being able to compete for a championship yet. But they've got. I think I read this morning with the because they signed um, Kevin Porter and then waived him straight away. But they've got another couple of draft picks out of it because they need more. Uh, they've got fifth. 15 first round picks and 22 second round picks in the next insane seven years or something. So they don't need to tank necessarily. They, they've no. got picks, they've got packages they can put together. So even though they're probably not there as a, as a team that's ready to take that step to the conference finals or anything like that, there's nothing holding them back from trying. So they, they're looking to build a winning culture after having a, a culture of rebuilding for the past four years. Um, so I'm confident Chet will, will try and, and could get there. Wemby, we might see in that last month, we might see like they did last season where they were just cycling through players and one night in, one night out. Um, but as you said, highlight-wise and and gonna just be their ability, it's going to be amazing to watch them Um I'm really excited. I get to go and watch Wemby live in a couple of weeks. And Do you? That's going to be incredible. Very excited to go and see him play. Um, I'll be so watching that's, on week uh, Yep, that's not ours, so I will remove that. And we will go back to... The only concern with me with Chet is that he's coming off a Liz Frank injury, which is tough mm. for a big man. Like That is a, a, a foot injury that a big man... Who, takes a lot of pounding on that foot. So it's going to be more questionable for if Chet gets re-injured. Um, but this Oklahoma City team is in no way, shape, or form tanking. They're over-under from a gambling perspective, and that's that's my home in the basketball world is yep. the gambling side. Their over-under is 44.5. So people betting they're over are betting them to go 45 mm. and 37. So that is like right in the thick of it. They have a higher win total than the Dallas Mavericks with Luca. So and Kyrie. So, uh, yep. Uh, am I telling you to take the under on OKC? Yeah, probably. But I also like Chet Holmgren this season. They're gonna be they're gonna be gunning for it. Is that the is that the injury that uh, Brook Lopez had early in his career when he was in Brooklyn? He had a foot injury. Yep, it was. Uh, KD yep. has had it. I think uh, Porzingis had it. Um, I believe Robert Williams. No, Robert Williams is his name. Did Blake Griffin have it? He had something in his rookie season. Was that a foot or was that not a foot? I don't remember. Looking it up right now. Yeah, I know he had something, but I don't remember what it was. I don't remember what happened last week. No, I don't think Blake was Liz Frank. Blake no, Blake okay. might have been ACL his rookie year. Yeah, it might have been, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it is. It is a. Um, uh, it is a, an injury that we've um, that we've seen. Uh, let me. I was just going to bring it up here and see. See which players. Oh, have, is there a list somewhere? Oh, there'd be a list. I don't know. When you Google, when you Google this, Frank. Foot injury. I did. I, Adam, I did the exact same thing. It comes. It, the first list is from 2010. Yeah, it's all just Chet Holmgren. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So no, look. I mean, he's looked good in the preseason, but it is only preseason. Um, 
uh, yeah, so we'll see, but it, it, it's going to be fun. No matter what happens, both of them are going to be really fun to watch uh, this season. So that brings us to the end of my lists. Any any other players you want to touch on at all before I let you go to bed? <laughs> no, I just want to just reemphasize the schedule component. So guys like from the Nuggets, Christian Brown, guys from the Lakers, Vincent, Torian Prince, Christian Wood, Rui. From the Warriors, Kevon Looney, Gary Payton the second. From Phoenix, I really like Grayson Allen and Eubanks. I think Phoenix has the most advantageous schedule to start the year because of the the end of the Saturday game being the third yep. game of their week. So they play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. That means you could drop Eubanks or Grayson Allen for someone who plays Sunday, Monday, and get five days, five games in seven days from one streaming spot. So that's really like the key to hacking fantasy basketball is getting games played tallied up in a in a weekly nine cat head to head. So that's what I would be looking to do is is target Phoenix Suns with uh unless like if if Dennis Schroeder's there, let me just like pour some cold water on this. If a guy like Dennis Schroeder's there, if a guy like Quickly's there. Some of these other names that are way higher up on these rankings and lists, then forego the extra game played for the right player who you might keep around for a season long. But you should reserve one roster spot, one end of your bench spot for someone who you could just always flip around. And so for that purpose, I like a guy like Grace now, but I wouldn't forego someone who could actually be good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good advice. Um all right, and, and so before I let you go, so people who, who are tuning into this show, obviously I've been going for a little while. You've done um, an episode for us and, and you'll be doing more. Do you want to just let people know what what you've got coming up, sort of moving forward through the season, your regular content? Yeah, so every Wednesday I'm going to be hosting on this feed, but also on uh, it's my show is called The Advantage. I am a sports gambler and a DFS player by nature. Um, I use my skills to go into the fantasy basketball world. And I think streaming is the best place to correlate gambling angles because I'm always aware of travel schedules, potential yeah. rest spots for players, what the prop market looks like. So if you need to target points for a week, Adam, in a few weeks from now, we're going to be looking at what's Quickly's prop line versus what's Grace and Allen's prop line. And what are the implied probabilities of those things? And then what if you also need some rebounds versus some steals. And what are those prop lines? So we're going to be actually able to use gambling information to statistically project and and in sharper markets than just Yahoo projections or whatever fantasy projections, what these players are going to do in these specific games because we know pace and total and all these things. But back to the content stuff, I will be doing things like that every Wednesday, going through every single game. Wednesday is normally like a loaded 10 or plus game slate. So I'll be doing a breakdown of that entire board, best bets for it, DFS angles. And I think we might have a league with DraftKings for the FBI community that we're going to be able to get uh, anyone in the FBI Discord to play in a private DFS league every Wednesday. So maybe like five bucks or 10 bucks. Maybe we'll do winner take all, maybe top three. We're still figuring it out. But get in the Fantasy Basketball International Discord and you could play against all of us in DFS, even me, maybe even though I've, I've I think I've done DFS like twice in my life. So, <laughs> but, um, now that I've got uh, an expert giving me tips, uh, I might actually enter that and see how I go. Um, and I have seen you in the Discord already dropping some stuff. You've got your Substack going as well. So, 
plenty of DFS uh, props, betting content. So something we haven't had before. This is really exciting for us to to merge these two. Um, it's been really good. You've had some well regular guests on your show already. Um, people that are going to be appearing with you throughout the season. So that's it's good that they'll get to hear competing opinions or, or opinions that yep. line up as well. So. Um, yeah, look, I think it's only positive for us and for our community uh, as well. So I think it's going to be fun. We're going to people are going to learn some interesting things about gambling. Like, did you know that a one point game is the eleventh most common outcome in in NBA games, and it happens four point one one percent of the time? So, like, Mike, what the hell does that mean? Why is that important? Well, we know if a point spread is around one or one and a half, or it's moving around those numbers. Instead of moving around a six or a seven, which happens, you know, as the most common outcomes, the four most common outcomes in NBA games are seven, five, six, and eight. So you end up, if you're seeing lines around that, you bet twice as much than you bet on a minus one spread. So we'll start correlating all these angles and doing some really cool things. Uh, I've been doing content for two or three years. It's my third NBA season doing it, but I've been gambling for almost 15 so it's like my 13th year actually placing bets. So I think uh, it'll be a fun way to merge some fantasy and, and gambling. Talk. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've learned stuff already just from you talking for, for 30 seconds there. Um, so that will do it for today's show. As I said, this is going to be a regular Saturday episode. At least when I get back from my, my trip, I'm hoping we can still record when I'm over there. It'll just depend on whether I'm at a game on the Saturday night when I'm there. So, but we'll work it out. Um, I'll have my laptop with me. I'll have my microphone with me. So if I'm available, we will record um, and, and do the weekly episode. If not, it will start up for about week three um, as an ongoing thing. Uh, remember to check out all of our content over at fbibasketball.com. Jump into our Discord. I think we're over 3,000 people in there now, almost three and a half. So numbers are going up. Um, we'll have more interaction in there now that the season is starting. You can follow us on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Love it if you give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. Until next time, catch up. Thank you. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.